Hi everyone, it's Sarah from Head to Head Sensory Theatre. I'd like to wish everybody at Dogsthorpe Infant School a very happy Christmas. Five, four, three, two, one. This podcast is brought to you by Eddie Edster, the Dogsthorpe Infant School Wellbeing Dog. Welcome to our next edition of Launchpad, Eddie's Launchpad. Eddie's with me and we are going to meet someone now who you will probably recognise the voice because she presents the BBC Radio Cambridgeshire breakfast show some mornings. Her name is Louise Holland. She's an award-winning author, no less. She's a documentary maker, she's a TV presenter, and of course, she's a radio presenter. Louise, it's lovely to have you on the show. Oh, it's so lovely to be with you. I'm such a fan of Dogsthorpe and Eddie and all of the work that you guys do. So I'm very honoured to be on Launchpad. Thank you so much. We are so grateful to to you and to BBC Radio Cambridgeshire for the way that you support our, our county. We often hear your voice and we know the sorts of things that you do, but I want to know a little bit more about you, if that's okay. Um, What are your first memories of school, maybe your infants or your junior school at least? I know that this might not go down very well with the team at Dogsthorpe, but I think I went to the best primary school in the world. We'll fight you for it. We'll fight you for it. (laughs) Maybe it can be the joint best primary school. Maybe my primary school can be the best primary school in the north. Um, So my primary school was called Reed uh, Church of England St John's School in a little village in Lancashire. It was the most lovely primary school. It was very small because I know there's about 300 people at Dogsthorpe, isn't there? There were about 300 people in my village. Um, So we had very, very small classes. uh, And I remember all my primary school teachers all the way through from reception to top class. Though I think you call it different things now, don't you? I think it's like year one and year two, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Well, I'm Mm -hmm. quite old. So I used to call it infant one, infant two. And it was a safe place to be. And the teachers were a bit strict, but we loved them. And the classes were full of my friends. And I remember the vicar, Reverend Reed, he used to come in on a Thursday morning. We'd have Bible stories and learn how to be good people. And we had lots of sports days. And there was a lady who lived on the other side of the fence who sometimes would bring us biscuits at playtime. We played hot. That's probably not allowed now, is it? Uh, We played hopscotch and we had a big field and then we'd play these games um, that I never liked to play like do you remember British Bulldog and things like that you'd run around trying to catch each other mm. I used to like to sit quietly with my book um, but it was a wonderful wonderful primary school but the thing that I remember most about it was the head teacher Mr Cavanna, and I remember going in to see him when I was eight and I went to his office and I said Mr Cavanna, I think our school needs a newspaper and you'd think that any teacher very busy head teacher would say no He didn't. He said, what a brilliant idea. Let's do it. And so um, he got everybody involved. I was the editor. 
Um, a girl called Emma was the assistant editor, but she was only the assistant editor because her dad had a dictaphone. So I don't really feel that she earned that role, to be honest. I was very protective of my role. Um, and we made the first edition. And as a reward, Mr. Cavanna took us to our local newspaper to see how it was put together. So for me, not only was my primary school a place of love and safety and happiness, it was a place that told me that I could be anything that I wanted to be and it set my career in motion. So we should never, ever, ever, ever underestimate our early years teachers ever. We, we feel exactly the same way that uh, if a child has a dream, even if it's a dream of being an astronaut or being a pop, pop star, we say to them, well, you can do it. You've got to work hard. It means you've got to learn your sciences. It means you've got to learn your maths. If you want to yeah. go to the moon, you're going to have to work hard at it. And um, hopefully that dream, they'll be able to believe in themselves and believe in their dream and then go on to shine it somewhere out there in the world. And it's good that you those memories lay fine in your memory because those are very precious days to us aren't they they really are and i feel really lucky because i you know i have parents that that made me feel safe as a little girl and teachers that that made me feel the same and i know lots of young people don't and if they don't maybe have a family unit where they feel safe if they can come into school where they have because you know what's that phrase you, you can't choose your family um, but you can choose your friends and also you can choose your family if your family at home isn't maybe what you expected or needed then you can build families in other parts of your life so you you wanted to start this paper is that where your love of journalism began Yes, I think it's because I was quite bossy. So I used to watch a TV program um, on CITV. I don't know if they still have children's ITV. And it was called Press Gang. And it was about a group of students. They were actually older. They were secondary school students. And they set up a newspaper. And I thought it was the most exciting thing in the world, even though I was only eight. Um, So we decided, well, what's going to be in the newspaper? We need to tell everyone the news about what's going on in the school. And we need to interview people. So we interviewed our teachers. We put some games in there and, oh, we did recipes. Everyone went home and brought in some recipes that we put in there. We did a roundup of all the sports news. Um, Now, there was, because sometimes in journalism, it's your job to uncover bad things that are happening so that you can stop them happening or try to stop them happening. Um, We didn't really have that in the newspaper because um, it wasn't really that kind of of newspaper back then. But we had lots of interesting news about what was happening in our school. Um, And yeah, it made me realise that it's a really important job telling people what's going on. And that's I've spent my whole life doing it. I I do remember Press Gang. And a lot of those those in the cast were only child actors. And yet they all went on to, to be you know, brilliant actors and, and went on to greater things, didn't they? It's a, it was a lovely little series, Press Gang. I bumped into, I was at an event in London a few years ago and I was in the, the loos of the hotel and I saw Julia Sawala and the biggest regret is that I, I was sitting there brushing my hair and sort of putting my makeup back on, standing next to her and I really wanted to say, your programme changed my life and I didn't and I've regretted it ever since. So it's always really good to take the bull by the horns and do things so that you don't regret them later on. Where was your first journalistic job? Where did you go? Did you go to a paper or? Well, it depends if you're counting it as being paid, as being a job or not. I made a nuisance of myself on my local newspaper when I was 14. I did work experience and they never got rid of me. 
So um, there's a, a, a newspaper called the Clitheroe Advertiser and Times, where I went to secondary school, the town where I went to secondary school. So I did lots of work experience there and went in on Wednesday afternoons when everyone else was doing sport. I managed to get out of that, thank goodness, and went to work at the local paper. And then at university, I did something similar in Durham at the Durham newspaper. And then after uni, um, I had to get a job, obviously, to earn money because I was a grown-up, um, and it's not always easy to walk into jobs in media. Be, it was, well, I, I can't speak for now, certainly then. Um, so I had a job in an office during the week, and I would answer phones um, and do lots of free work at the BBC because you could. they wouldn't do it now, but they, they could then um, on a weekend. And I just saved up my money and I've worked on the radio station and got my experience and I moved to London after six months. So your first broadcasting job then was on the local radio station up north? Yeah, it was BBC Radio Lancashire and I used to answer phones for Jim Bowen, who I don't know if you remember Jim Bowen. Great, yeah, smashing he, super. <laughs> yeah, he was the breakfast presenter. Well, it, well, it was weird then. They, they did the times differently. He was on 9 till 12. So that was early enough for me. If you told me then that I'd be presenting the actual breakfast show at 6 in the morning, I think I might have cried. Uh, but yeah, I used to answer phones for Jim Bowen and I got all my experience working on, on those shows in Lancashire. Yeah, I did. Wow. And that's great experience early on to actually, um, and I know that Radio BBC Radio Cambridge do a very similar thing, don't they? They, they start off having young people in to encourage them and then they go on to become yeah. presenters themselves and that's, that's, that's great. And all sorts as well. They go off and do sports reporting, they go into TV, they make documentaries, they might go mm. and work somewhere else and then come back. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's an exciting career is broadcasting. So so what brought you to BBC Radio Cambridgeshire? So my st- <laughs> this is quite a long story. That's so all right, we've got plenty of time. Okay, so I spent, after I moved to London, I worked everywhere, mainly in London. I worked at Radio 1, I worked at Radio 2, I worked for the BBC, the news, t- you know, the news centre that you see in the news, on the news channel, um, ITN, I did documentaries, I just literally spent years doing everything that you could do, whether it was, um, I worked with Terry Wogan, I booked guests for Steve Wright, I was a showbiz reporter for three years, I made documentaries, I read the news, I did everything. But the one thing that I kept missing was being on air on the radio. Because in London, if you think you've got all your big network shows, um, and our local stations in London, because it was London, we had so many celebrities living there that that they hired celebrities. So London was a really difficult place to get on air you could the loads of opportunities but difficult to get on air unless you wanted to do a certain type of broadcasting that like music broadcasting i was very good at that so i just sent my demo to all the radio stations that i could commute to from london and radio cambridge had a job going and i didn't get the job but the boss said you're not right for this job but we really like you so would you like to come and do a couple of bank holiday mondays and I was terrified. I was so boring. nervous. And then at the end of 2019, uh, the boss said, would you like to present Sunday Breakfast Show? And so I started presenting Sunday Breakfast in January of 2020. And as you can imagine, if you think back the timeline of the world, I spent a lot of time on those Sunday breakfast talking about a virus that was, that was really hurting people in China. And that's when the last sort of two years started to unfold, really. Uh, little did I know then when I started doing Sunday breakfast that I would 
get locked down in Cambridge, we decided to basically not go back to, to London. So I'd, I had the Sunday breakfast job, but I was commuting up and down and looking for places to live up here. But it didn't really feel that there was very much of a rush. Um, and then it turned out that there was a rush because if I went back to London, I wouldn't be able to get up during lockdown. So I found a little cottage and I hired a little cottage for a few weeks and then I had to find another one. And then I got offered Friday breakfast as well. And at that point, I realised last summer um, that I probably wasn't going back to London because I couldn't commute and I'd found a lovely place to live. And I love doing Sunday breakfast. I love doing Friday breakfast. And yeah, my whole life sort of changed in lockdown really becky jago did exactly the same thing she worked on the switchboard of oh yes and the the right stuff right that's it the right stuff yeah Yeah, she started off she started i remember her being on the (laughs) being on the switchboard so it sounds like you you know it's that's how the that's the way in i i must admit i did check out and look you up and i thought oh you must come on to launchpad because of the the experiences that you've had and the and the and the work that you've had so do you now commute to cambridgeshire or are you a local girl now no, i am officially a cambridgeshire woman i okay. love living here it was very weird to move up here in lockdown because everything was shut so i was like i've moved to a whole new county and i've been welcomed in by the listeners and the people that live near me but i've not been able to do any of the amazing things that are here so i've managed now um over the last few months to sort of to go and, and see the beautiful things that are in the county so i feel like i live here properly now i don't just sort of live in a house where i don't get to see anybody if there's a young person who's listening to this program who's thinking about a career in journalism what yep. would you say to them louise I'd say do it. It's the best job in the world. Believe in yourself. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. Never take criticism from somebody that you wouldn't go to for advice. I think he's one of the most fundamentally best pieces of advice I've ever had in my life. Um, Now has never been a better time to get into journalism because if you don't come from the background that everyone associates with posh white people on the telly it's often been quite an intimidating industry to get into it's not like that anymore it's not brilliant but it is getting better and there are schemes and there are apprenticeships and there are support groups if you think you don't come from the wrong right background or you've not got the right education yet or you've not got the right accent or the right look, put that out of your mind. If you believe that you've got something to say and that you can tell somebody's stories and that you can make your mark in journalism, nothing is going to stop you apart from what your brain tells you. I'm not saying it's going to be easy because there are it's a competitive industry and there are barriers and there's a lot of rejection. You know, I still get rejected for stuff all the time and I've got 20 years under my belt. You know, sometimes you won't get jobs for re- what you think are really silly reasons. If you're not getting jobs because you're not good enough yet or you don't have the experience yet, then that's fine. Find the experience another way. But have ideas, be a good person and find people around you that will support you. There's nothing stopping you. Go for it. They are very wise words. Thank you, Louise. So if you're a young person listening to this, have a word with your teacher and um, start that, that, that journey that Louise has been on for 20 years. Louise, yeah. thank you for joining us on Launchpad. It's been lovely to hear about your life and where you, where you originated from. And I'll ask you a question that I ask many of our guests who are from our region. If you had one place that you could go to in Cambridgeshire just to unwind, relax, or enjoy the day, where would you go? 
There are two places. There is a big park that's near BBC Radio Cambridgeshire that after the show on Fridays and Sundays, I tend to go to to have a walk round and clear my head. Because obviously, you know, you put a lot of energy into the shows and sometimes you just tired and want to go home and go to bed. And sometimes... You need to unwind. Um, so there's a place called Milton Country Park that is just around the corner from the radio studios. But there is another place that I have yet to go. And I don't know why I've never been because it's so near me, Ferry Meadows. I believe, because Glenn, if you listen to Radio like, uh, Radio Cambridgeshire, you'll know that um, Glenn is one of our uh, producers and our journalists. And he keeps telling me that he's going to take me on the swans on Ferry Meadows. And I thought he was teasing me. I thought you actually could ride swans in Ferry Meadows. Um, then I went on and saw all the pictures. So that is, my, I don't know how I've not been there yet. It's so ridiculous that I haven't been. Um, but Ferry Meadows would be where I'd like to go. And you guys in Dogsorp are so lucky that, 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 you're, that you're nearer uh, to that place. So that's my big adventure. That's where I want to go. Louise, thank you for your time today. Um, we wish you well in the future and um, we hope to hear you more and more on BBC Radio Cambridgeshire. Thank you. And thank you for all you do for all the kids of the area because you guys are amazing and we love having you on the show. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're always here when you want us. You <laughs> <laughs> might love to Eddie. His name is Eddie Edster, he's a well-being dog And he's here at Dog Soap School He's such a little cutie, wagging his tail And the kids all think he's cool He makes them feel safe, he's great for mental health He gives them confidence from his very self not talking about money, but he brings so much wealth. He's Eddie Edstar, the well-being dog. His name is Eddie Edstar, he's the well-being dog. And he loves Christmas time. Blazing round the home, chewing on a bone. Eddie thinks it's fine. The children won't be looking out for Santa Claus. But also giving high fives to Eddie's paws. Let's all thank Eddie with great applause. It's Eddie Edstar, the well-being dog. It's Eddie Edstar, the well-being dog. It's Eddie Edstar, the well-being dog. Captain Dave and Eddie will be back again soon for another learning journey on the Dogsthorpe Infant School Launchpad. of the Hampton Academies Trust. It's the school where stars go to dream, believe and shine.